I'll see you next week. Yeah, we're going to play uh, indoor soccer. Yeah. Or I'll see no, you then. we can't because we're on lockdown, all right? There's no indoor soccer anywhere. Have a sip of my baby and get out of here. <laughs>
there'll be a more relaxed attitude to people saying they want to be at home on certain days or whatever else. I'm sure there'll still be a kind of uh, requirement culture-wise. Yeah, yep. To be uh, be in there and face-to-face. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Face show. I mean, but, you know... On online conferences and online calls and so on, you could be could be just turn your camera off and be doing all manner of horrible things while you're meant to be engaging with your colleagues. So I have seen a, a lot of funny things about that online lately. Like that one guy who was looking at porn, and um, yeah. the other guy who's like people kept coming into the room yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and the, the chick taking a slash. Yeah, that's while the. Like, uh, what are we doing here, man? Come on. I, I, we're told that was an accident, but it, she could not have framed it up better. It's hilarious. Putting it, put wherever she put her phone down. So speaking of uh, lockdown and being isolated and so on, you actually have started a podcast on that topic. Am I right? Yeah. yeah Why? You look at Matt. Well, that's, that's a segue right there, Stu. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I have. I have. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, me and my lovely wife, Lindsay, have a podcast called Making It Work From Home. It is currently available on Acast and will soon be available on iTunes and hopefully all other good podcasting services. It's just me and my wife talking about how we're making it work from home. And I'm going to have my boy, Stu, here on as a guest very soon because that's what we do in the kind of incestuous podcast world. We go on each other's podcasts. Yeah, I, I look forward to uh, being involved in some of the great segments you have on that show. Like, uh, what did you think of dinner, and how's the dog going? Yeah, there's some, there's some, so there's some great segments going on in that show. Yes, mate, so, I, it takes uh, me a while to write that. What did you have dinner for dinner? One, <laughs> it's a hard thing. <laughs> Look, all right, let's get into the weird stuff before people start uh, wondering what the fuck they're listening to. Yeah, they'd be going, man, this is so normal. Where's the weird stuff? <laughs> well, here's some. I can I can supply that. Please. It's a law, a weird law of the week from Alaska, and it says in Juneau, I, I assume that's pronounced. Juneau, pronounced, yeah, I think it's Juneau. Flamingo owners are prohibited from bringing their pet into a barber shop. Now, I... But it, it, it brings up many questions, doesn't it? Well, I just, I know personally if there's one thing I'm fucking sick of, it's seeing people traipsing around barbershops with their flamingos, you know, hoity-toity, thinking they've got the right to just, you know, lord it over people with their flamingos. People get haircuts. You would think you would think it would be an unwritten rule, wouldn't you? You just think don't bring your flamingo to the fucking barber. Well, why be that specific? I would have thought any bird life probably would have been probably okay to put under that category. Why nickel and dime it with the flamingo specifically? Yeah, I well. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you make a good point. That does in, insinuate that you could bring another form of avian life to the barber. Or is it purely practical, you know, flamingos being the height they are with uh, sl- such slender necks? Maybe their necks are right at kind of haircut. Oh, my God, right? I cut his neck off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. I'm always worried about that. If the, if the flamingo gets in for a closer look to see, you know, how the fade's going, they might just get their neck right in the way. And get chopped right off, head gone, mm. cleaned yeah. off. Now, I have the next point you would normally bring up, I have a great retort to. So you would say... The flamingo, usually an equatorial kind of tropical warm weather bird, but (laughs) I beg to differ. Um, My beautiful wife that I talked about before on the podcast is from the lovely city of Edmonton, Alberta, which is in the great white north of Canada and quite far north. It's a very cold city. The city of Edmonton has a particularly bad history of 
how should we say, fucking up animals. So okay. it, for fun or for practical no, reasons? I think for entertainment originally and then just for neglect probably. Okay. So they have a giant mall and they, for some reason, insist on having animals live in the giant mall. And at one okay. point they had flamingos living in the mall in, in <laughs> kind of minus 30 degrees outside temperature, but they're living in the mall. They all died off one by one. I think 20 of them died. And I think quite often you could see a dead flamingo in this glass encase, in, enclosure oh. in the middle of the mall. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just after a nice kind of uh, fresh pair of jeans and you have to walk a past haircut. a dead. Yeah. <laughs> just an entombed uh, <laughs> flamingo in the middle of the shopping centre. They also still have one elephant that lives outside there. Like, elephants aren't supposed to be in minus 30 degrees. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, you know, typically from Africa or India. Or, or those kind of regions, you're um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they go in the extreme cold. Well, it's still kicking, um, but I don't think it's love and life. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, listeners, if you have any information about whether that elephant is loving life, please get in contact. Now, also uh, on the let, socials, please get in contact on the socials. But back to the thing, so. You and me have found out with my continuing coming on the show that usually these laws relate to something that's happened before. Are we mm. thinking that maybe some dude used to take his flamingos to, to the hairdresser yep. too often? Yeah. And how often is too often? I reckon. Once, once is too often. <laughs> there should be a law against this. I think there was probably some sort of feud between the barbershop guy and the uh, flamingo-owning guy, and no matter what happened, he just couldn't kind of uh, get at get at him at all. He goes, I oh, know. I'll get in with the mayor here. I'll get in with the mayor. He, yeah. <laughs> He's strutting around town with his flamingo. My, yeah, my favourite bit of this is the flamingo-owning guy. I want to know more yeah. about him. I assume he's a big, fat, like, Florida dude, maybe kind of mustache, like, wears safari suits. Oh, In Juneau, Alaska, though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Oh, I, I went a little opposite. I thought it was kind of like a, a an upper-crust, monocle-wearing oh, yeah. person. monocle-wearing guy, okay. With a nose up in the air and yes. a flamingo on a leash, you know. Yeah, a leashed flamingo. Do you remember that story about that lady who had a therapy, um, good-looking birds with the big feathers? Uh, peacocks? Yeah, yeah. She had a therapy peacock and they and right. they wouldn't let her take it on the plane, so she sued the plane company because she said, this is my therapy peacock, it makes me happy. But then the therapy peacock died. Well, okay. That's the whole oh. of that. That's the whole arc of that story. I think the therapy peacock died of old age, though, so there's that. Yeah, right. I'm writing down therapy peacock because it's actually quite a nice uh, episode title. Yeah, that is Any a good, good episode title. Or maybe we can make a band called Therapy Peacock. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking, that's a sick DJ name, Therapy Peacock. I'm into that. Speaking of leashes, I'll let you off yours because you had some weird stuff you were itching to tell me earlier. King of the Segways. Segway King. Let you off your yeah, leash. Man. Oh, it's great. Fly at it. So. I've got two stories for you. I've been saving them up for a little while. One of them's easier to tell than the other. The other one you'll have to bear with me a bit, but it's worth it because it's a ridiculous tale. So the first one's the easy one. Have you ever heard of Michel Lotito? No. Uh, he also, French? yes, goes by the name Monsieur Mangetut, which is 
Mr. Eats It All. Do you see where we're oh, going? Is you this the guy? It? Is this the guy that um, had the weird appetite where he was never satisfied, so just would eat anything and everything? You are absolutely correct. Yeah. And I want to talk about a single thing he ate, but I want to tell you about. So, so it turns out he had that disease, Pika, which is right. the it's where you where you eat things that aren't nu- nutritious or yeah. Stunt food, really. <laughs> exactly. Like I saw an episode of that Weird Obsessions or whatever it is on, on um, HGTV and this lady like always wanted to eat her couch. It's that kind of vibe, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so he, he used to ingest weird stuff as a kid. Sharp metal didn't seem to hurt him, right, which is weird. Um, so after a while, about 16, 17, this is he's kind of like early 70s, 60s, 70s. He realized right. that people enjoyed watching him eat some weird shit. So he was like, fuck it, I'll start eating weird shit for money. Like, let's start, let's start doing this, right? How do you advertise that service? Um, I think I think um uh it doesn't really say, but I assume circuses were more of a go back then. Yeah. And yeah, you just go, yeah. hey, if you get bored of the, you know, the monkeys juggling, go out the back and watch <laughs> old Mr. Eats It All eat some weird shit. So right. um, honey, what are we gonna look at first? Well, I mean, we could look at some monkeys juggling or we could watch someone eat sharp metal. I want to see the guy eat the metal, eat the metal. (laughs) So he went to the doctors um, and they found out that he had this like perfect combination of things in his body that made it work. So he had a really thick stomach lining and he had really Mm. aggressive stomach acid. So he could eat this weird shit and it would just kind of break down and he'd be good. So, yeah, go on. What do you got? What, but am I right in that the reason this all started was because he, ne- like, whatever he ate never satisfied him and he was always hungry? Look, I I feel like, I feel or like, did he just could, I think, I think that's probably a romantic view of it. I don't right. think it was just his quest to fill his hunger by eating weird things. I think it was I'll probably maybe, just a hustle after a while. I may be thinking of someone else. Wow. I want to know about this other person. But here, I just oh, wow. want to give you a um, picture of the things he's he's eaten. Okay, this is yep. this is other notable items because we're going to get to the one that I'm really interested by. But other notable items of things he's eaten: seven bicycles, four shopping carts, <gasps> two beds, twelve chandeliers, <gasps> incountable television sets, a small section of the Eiffel Tower, and a coffin. Oh! Full coffin. Full coffin. You know what else oh, is great man. too? It, it, hang on, hang on. It, hang on. How many sittings? Oh, this is this is this is career. Don't worry, we'll get to oh, sitting okay. in my next bit. But the <laughs> other great part that you are gonna love that I've only recently discovered by looking at photos of him, one of his eyes was lazy. <laughs> so yeah, he had a one bung eye. <laughs> so it, it looks pretty weird watching him eat stuff like this. But so back to what I wanted to tell you. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the purpose of that last bit. You well, just just, are, are, are you just laughing at him because he's got a weird eye? Well, look, uh, it's a picture of him eating a bicycle with one eye looking at you, one eye looking for you. It's bizarre. Okay, we'll put that up on the socials. We'll put that Please. up on the socials. Okay. Um, so, also, also yeah. can I just say before you move on, I've never heard the word incountable. Is that a word? Yeah, like, like, no, I understand, uncountable. I understand that it could be a word. I suppose you get what it means. I suppose I think there's a word for words that aren't words, but you get their meaning. But either way, yeah, what is- that's that's for a different time. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about his life's work, his piece 
De Resistance because he's French, you know, that's pretty good. From oh, yeah, good 1978 to 1980, he made it his life's work to consume a Cessna 150. So he wow. ate, yeah, he ate a whole plane over two years. Mm. So his his routine would be he'd eat after his day, like everything finished, he would eat between one and two kilos of plain material, pres- following it and before it, drinking a whole bunch of mineral oil to help it get down. Oh, fuck me. He- so he's treating that like old people treat doing uh, really big jigsaw puzzles. Absolutely. You know, I'll set- I will. Uh, I'll do it for an hour a day after dinner. I'll yeah. do it for an hour a day after dinner until I get it all done. Two years. He's got a plane in his garage. Walks out, takes a bite out of the wing every night. <laughs> so do you reckon there are some days when he just like, oh god, yeah. what a start this. Oh, oh well, anyway, mm, where's the rudder? And also, so it brought me to questions for you, right? What well, I have a har- big question for you, but okay, yeah, you all right. Well, we can we can trade questions. What's the hardest part of a plane to eat? <laughs> I'm looking at a picture you know, of it right now. I, I don't know, man. The wheel, eating rubber is probably easier than metal. That should have been my first question, but <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, look, I'd say depends. Is it is the engine on? Because I'd say probably the propeller. Well, that's if fair. It's a Cessna. It is. Yeah. It does have a propeller. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I reckon um, the engine right. itself would be kind of um, yeah. hard. Yeah. Now, how about this? By the end of it, he had consumed just on the plane nine tons of metal. Oh, fucking hell! Do you, can you guess what my question's going to be? Um, is it about his poops? Yeah. So you <laughs> described you described him having thick stomach lining and extremely strong stomach acid. Mm. However, if if that trait does not extend down the digestive tract through into the intestines, colon, and rectum, then there's going to be some serious, serious problems. You even, even, even if he does have that going all the way through, you've just made me start thinking about this. What the fuck does the engine you've eaten last night look like? Poop form, like that can't be. I can't look like a regular poop. Is what I'm getting. No, at. no, no. And, and how heavy would his poops be? Well, how are you cutting an engine You're getting down into no... bite-sized pieces? Well, that the other thing is nothing's coming out of it. Your body's not taking any nutrition out of there, right? So everything no. you put in is coming out your butt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Completely. Now, okay. To put a nice little bow on this. Oh, you got more? Because I got a good bow for it. No, no, I just don't feel that I I feel satisfied with how he shits. Um, how's this? I, I I've got a couple. I got actually a couple of bows we can put on that. Also, yes, definitely not satisfied with how he shits. Oh, I got a lot more info on this. You can cut out whatever you want, but this is a bizarre story. So, I've gone back to the bit of <laughs> is that what, what the doctor said to him? Yeah, that's good. Um, I've gone back to the list of things he ate, right? Mm. And I found a few new bits that kind of make it even weirder. Coffin, like I said before, but then in brackets with handles. Oh yeah, like that's not hard to believe. I assume if he's eating a plane, yeah, exactly right. And then also skis, and then in brackets, Mm. pair. Do you think the plane was his kind of uh, career peak? Because when we were talking about the plane, and when we went back to coffin, 
I was like, mm, mm, coffin. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty easy compared to a plane. Well, how about this? Here's another one. Here's, here's an even less less interesting one than coffin. One that I think, I reckon I could eat this, a waterbed. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could because, I mean. A lot no, of it's drinking. On. It's drinking rather than eating. <laughs> a lot of it is drinking, you're right. Although they did have some big bloody uh, bases on them. Those water beds from memory. Yeah, they had to, I think, or you'd end up yeah. with a room full of water. Yeah. You ever sleep on a water bed? Uh, maybe once. It's it's yeah. it's off putting. It's not um, it's not as kind of sexy as you think either. I don't think getting it done on there would be any good. Uh, it seems like it would take a while to get used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But my parents um, had one for a while. Oh. That's the end of that story as well. Yeah. All right. So another couple of things to put bows on this. Um, they gave him a plaque in his hometown commemorating him eating the plane, and he <laughs> ate the plaque. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he ate the plaque. Yeah. And then here we go, yeah. the nice little bow and everything. So hang on. Was there a plaque commemorating him on eating the plaque? I don't know. It doesn't say about that. Hopefully they brought mm. two plaques. Um, yeah. Latito died of natural causes on June 25th, 2007. Natural causes, 2007, 10 days after his 57th birthday. Okay. Wow. Is that is that natural? Because that seems like the kind of natural causes that kill a man who ate a plane, not yeah. the kind of natural causes where you die at 82. A bit of wingtip bursting out his guts like the alien uh, from the movie of said nice. name, yeah, yeah, Alien. Yeah, I like that. Like, um, yeah. No. What's the natural cause? Shitting an engine. Is that the natural cause? Ate too much one night, maybe? I don't know. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on what happens after the engine goes through the stomach. We get that the stomach's tough, right? But what happens next? Send your thoughts in. Yeah, send your thoughts in. I'll send you my thoughts right now verbally. I reckon... Um, <laughs> If your 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 stomach acid's that good, it's already broken down a lot, right? So the next bit's not copping too hard. You're getting a weird kind of liquid sludge, a metal liquid sludge. I I get the theory, but I don't understand how someone's uh, stomach acid is so strong it can melt an engine, but still just live inside you happily, without eating the rest of your organs. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. Anywho. <laughs> It's yeah. a problem for another time. If you are a um, endocrinologist, maybe send in. Let us know if you're a, I don't know, maybe a plane manufacturer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, We'd have to get in contact with a lot of different kind of specialists. So, the next story, it's weird. It's hard. I don't know if you guys remember the last time I was on. I tried to explain a weird game of soccer that happened. It, <laughs> it's it's going to be probably easier than that to explain, but it's it's a good story and it's bizarre. Have you ever heard of the meat question? The meat question, no. All right. The meat question was early last century, America, specifically the East Coast, was concerned about how they were going to continue feeding themselves. There were no bison left, and the bison had fucked up all the land, right? Right. So okay. it wasn't uh, particularly farmable for cattle or anything else. Not ready for grazing. Not ready for grazing. Yeah, right. So another weird thing happens that kind of sets this all in mo- motion. Louisiana Congressman Robert Broussard 
nickname, get this, Cousin Bob, was gifted, right, New Orleans, city of New Orleans was gifted um, <laughs> hyacinths yeah. by a Japanese delegation, hyacinths. It's a type the, of water the flower. Plant. Yeah, yeah, water flower, which little did they know, started killing all the other plants, took over everything. Mm. However, now we get introduced to two guys, <laughs> the first being Frederick Russell Burnham, right? Okay. Yeah. So this was awesome because I misread it at the beginning and said um, he was his inspired. nickname Light Em Up, Light Em no. Up Burnham. Light Em Up Burnham. Um, he was inspired by the Boy Scouts and big screen action hero Indiana Jones. I was like, wait a minute. It was 1893. And I was like, oh, yeah. no. He inspired Indiana Jones oh, right. and the Boy Scouts were made based on him. Yeah, he's pretty. Although, although how, how Harrison Ford looked in the last Indiana Jones movie, that could have been true. Is that the one where he um, uh, hid from a nuclear bomb in a fridge? That's the one. Yeah. And uh, he was hanging on the back of a bike that Shia LaBeouf was driving Shia around. LaBeouf. If you can ever <laughs> imagine that sort of thing happening. So, Kate Blanchett was a Nazi. In the movie or? Mm, you choose. All right, back to my boy Frederick Russell Burnham. So Burnham... Um, was like a an African kind of like OG Hemingway kind of vibes kind of dude. Went and lived in right. Africa for a while and then came back, said to him, he goes, look, Cousin Bob, we're buddies. I've got the thing for you. I can solve a lot of different things to get this happening. Yeah. We need to import, graze, and sell the meat of hippopotamus. Oh, my Lord. America will be fed on hippopotamus. But so, yeah, the plan is they concoct a plan to, to go to the, um, the the government and say, let's do it. We're going to import all these hippos. We'll, we'll put them into up and down the East Coast. They'll live in the watery areas. We'll farm them and everyone will eat hippos. Now it gets, it gets weirder next because your boy cousin Bob enlists the help of a guy called Frederick Fritz Duquesne. Dubbed, he, he calls himself the Black Panther of the Welt. He's a he's a ex- South African ex- man. I believe that you uh, you took issue with me doing accents last time we were together on this podcast. I did, but actually, it's one of those things you can't say it without the accent. Like you try and you can't. It's the Black Panther of the Welt. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. So it was in reference to his um, predatory skills of the Panther. Now here's the best line of the whole thing. Fritz Duquesne was also Burnham's. Enemy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is that a throwaway line or is it uh, just, uh, you know, in- integral to the story in some way? Uh, it, it's kind of like the story gets a bit weird and rambly now, but it discusses Fritz Duquesne and Burnham's relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So they were both in Africa in the late 1800s for the Boer War and at yep. one point were simultaneously ordered to kill each other specifically. <laughs> And now, now they're working together to import right. to a raise, vast yeah, amount of hippos to America, <laughs> supply grazing lands. They got there. They got the huge amount of hippo. I don't have a number here, but it was like hundreds of thousands of hippo mm. ready to go to America. The bill was in Congress but didn't pass. But the whole thing well, is the U.S. Department of Agriculture was also for it. Everyone was for it. But it was big so meat. So how come the bill didn't pass? Big, big meat. Oh, big meat. Yeah. yeah. So big hang meat. on. So, 
But how was how come big meat was so powerful if they had no grazing lands to actually raise any like standard uh, stock on? Um, I don't know. I think they were like, guys, let's just try harder. And then also to help this, maybe this answers your question. Actually, the article I'm looking at, there's a picture of a cow knee deep in the water. <laughs> maybe that's oh, so they decided to move cows into kind of marshland and they make them semi-aquatic. So following the defeat. Burnham went on to prevent an assassin from shooting President William Taft and was invited by Theodore Roosevelt to leave. There's way too much going on here. I know, it's he, crazy. So Tafty was going to cop one and he and he stopped it somehow. Yeah, yeah, and then he led a delegation similar to the Rough Riders to France right. um, and then he struck it rich discovering oil in California and went on to become a, a congressman. And the other one, Broussard, um, the governor guy, Uncle Cousin Bob, he yeah. was a congressman, then a senator. And Duquesne, right. fucking Black Panther of the Belt, um, yeah, yeah. he became a naturalised US citizen after this before becoming a German spy and arrested in <laughs> 1941, sentenced to jail, died in jail. What a, what a weird story. Yeah, the thing that got me on this, I heard a podcast about it once and it was like it was literally that bill if they had said yes, America would still be eating hippos now. Well, here's, here's two things I'll say about that. Number one, I don't know if you've ever been guilty of this, but I have. You know, I, I, I sit in my modern life here and I go, you know, we've got computers and um all these forms of entertainment we've got this we've got that all these things that you know three generations ago they didn't have any of that how fucking dull were their lives back then how dull were their lives but, you mean they well, yeah, sentence they're told to assassinate each other followed by well that's what i'm saying but then you hear stories like this oh yeah okay, you hear okay. stories like this and you go oh actually they lived fucking sensational lives and I'm sitting here, you know, flicking between boring old Netflix options. Uh, You are absolutely right. No, we're watching stories based on their lives kind of vibes. Like, yeah, like just I like thinking about my grandfather before he died. He was like, he was born in India, fought for the British Army, was involved Mm. in partition, had to Mm. flee, then decided he, you know, screw it, we'll move to Australia made a life here like it just yeah. the, the people a generation above us supermen and, and you know we're bitching about having to stay inside our homes for a couple of months yeah uh, we're not but you know more. shut up enjoy your gonna... cat <laughs> fucking play some playstation you know we're not we're not moving we're not kind of immigrating with uh, a few dollars in our pocket no exactly yeah both don't take us yeah. six months these days right <laughs> Uh, all right, the second point I was going to make is, theoretically, it's not that bizarre to Isn't want to farm. Isn't it? What do you think? Okay, so, all right, so we have missed one big thing here. Have you ever eaten a hippo? What's it, what's it like eating a hippo? I'll tell you why it's not that bizarre, because aren't hippos part of the kind of pig family? Ooh, Genetically? Yeah. yeah, maybe. They look a bit piggish. They so look like they just... look at one too. He looks like his whole back is food. Like yeah. The whole, yeah, they look like. They look like yeah. Food. It's just a yeah, food back, complete food back. Can you imagine that hippo bacon? Well, just yeah, you know, like uh, all right. So it's Christmas time. You ever you seen the size of the kind of ham legs you can get? Imagine yeah. a hippo leg at Christmas imagine time. A hippo leg. Wow, 
I like the sound Ooh, of that. You'd be eating that on toasties for three weeks instead of one. I can oh, tell you we'd, that still, much. we'd still be doing it now, mate. It's yeah. bloody March. <laughs> Got some leftover Christmas hippo. <laughs> you want to come up? Yeah. Wow. What but, a weird story, but, eh? It, it, it is weird, like, but, yeah, I am, I've got to say, I'm pretty uh, intrigued to taste a bit of hippo now that we've talked about this. I'm Googling it up now. There's a, a website I used to go to and order from um, that was Exotic Meats. Wonder if we are you are you going to see if we can actually get sent some hippo? Yeah. Nah. Ooh. All right. Oh, okay. Pablo Escobar had a small herd of hippos that people ate eventually. Did he? Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> okay. So two <laughs> stories uh, that come up first. One is Pablo Escobar had a small um, herd of hippos that people ate, and then the second one is man dies after eating hippo meat. <laughs> All right. So the the Pablo stuff was that punitive eating of his hippos to get like to what like revenge? Yeah, revenge revenge hippo eating. Yeah, maybe could be. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's my two weird food related stories. I'm impressed. I enjoyed them both. How many sittings do you reckon it would have taken old mate in the first story to rip through a hippo in though? Um. I remember. I think hippos are about a ton. I reckon he could yeah. do a whole, and but it's not. I don't even think he'd want to eat it, unless it was like a metal statue <laughs> of a hippo. Then he'd want to eat it. But well, thank you for those. They're awesome stories. Thank I, you. I can understand now why you were so uh, keen to get to tell me about them. Oh, I'm looking at pictures of a hippo being like cut up to be eaten now. Oh. There's a lot of a lot of meat on there. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that at all. Well, I'm going to tell you a. Uh, story briefly there are three rivers in the world no there's not there's heaps more than that what are you talking about uh and that's it i've been uh that's what you call a uh fact check good night everybody uh (laughs) no there are three rivers in the world that are now legally people okay so let that sentence sink in for a second Sorry, what? <laughs> uh, I will read an article to you that I found here uh, by Erin O'Donnell and Julia Talbot-Jones, uh, published on the uh, Conversation website. In the space of a week, the world has gained three notable new legal persons, the Wanganu River in New Zealand and the Ganga and Yumana Rivers in India. In New Zealand, the government passed legislation that recognised the Wanganui River catchment as a legal person. This significant legal reform emerged from the long-standing Treaty of Watangi negotiations and is a way of formally acknowledging the special relationship local Maori have with the river. And in India... (laughs) Wait, stop. Sorry, what? The local Maori have a special relationship with the river. Yeah, which somehow translates to the government saying, well, we better make it a person then, legally. Yeah, if you want to have a relationship with it, shit. I I don't know. So the government there is kind of going, how do we we show them that we're taking their beliefs seriously? Make it a person. Yeah, I don't know. Sensitive. I like it. (laughs) And, And the Indian ones, the... Oh, God, I'm going to struggle. Iturakand High Court ruled 
that the Ganga and Yamana rivers have the same legal rights as a person in response to the urgent need to reduce pollution in two rivers considered sacred in the Hindu religion. So in that instance, the government's gone and made those rivers legally a person so that they can be looked after better by the sounds of things. But so like isn't so like that means that they have global human rights, right? Well, it says here legal rights are not the same as human rights. Oh. But um, I think it just, yeah, it just means that kind of legally in, in terms of technicalities of the law and so on, they've got to be treated like a person's treated. I wonder if I could write a letter to the river, like Santa Claus. I suppose so. And what if, um, like, someone drowns in the river? Uh, the river then got a that the, well. They got a, they got a front up to court on manslaughter charges, perhaps. How does the river front up to court? A lot of diversion. You get a bunch of sticks like you do on the beach, like just or just a lot of <laughs> a shit ton of buckets. Yeah, oh, like buckets. a lot of buckets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or is one bucket enough? Let's take a bucket of yeah. the water from the river. But surely the <laughs> river is not the water within it. Ooh, well, that's well, that's probably something that'll get. Um, well, like, it's not a well, Stu, it's a river. Oh, nice. Ah. No, but, but that's something that the lawyers can argue about to, you know, stall proceedings for a long time. Oh, Your Honour, I contend that the river is not actually in court with us right now. What are you talking about? We have 6,000 buckets here. That's snow runoff, damn it. That's not that's, that's yes, mountain but, water. <laughs> but water does not a river make, Your Honour. Nice. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know... Like, that's just concept level. I don't know what else we can take from that other than... To be than, fair, this whole story is pretty much concept level, isn't it? Yeah, but what I mean is, like, I could I could sit here and drill down into legal nitty-gritty and so on, but three rivers are people as far as the law is concerned. That's... Oh, that, that sentence itself is weird enough. I like it. Yeah, and I might leave it at that. You can read about more if you fucking want to. Okay. Sorry, I got an, I got upset there for a second. That's all right. It's weird times in the world, man. I understand being upset. <laughs> Do you think the river right. has to stay at home? Do you think the river's on lockdown? Oh yeah, exactly. So the river goes out to um, go to a restaurant or a cafe or something. A riverside. Or go to the beach. Go to the beach because the beaches are in lockdown now. Yeah. Mm, a river anyway. would definitely go to a beach, wouldn't it? Cause yeah, it's- exactly. It's already gone to the beach. Lock the fucker up. Okay, the weird product of the week. Let's do that. Uh, And the weird product of the week, Monty, is... What do you got for me? A plastic baby you can drink out of. So you know how you might see uh, people carrying babies around in a baby Bjorn? I I would, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, okay. you, you You strap a baby to your chest and start walking around with it. Yes. Well, this product here is a uh, is a discreet way to. No, I get. I'm into this. I get you already. So this is yeah. a way that I can be drinking in public without people knowing. Thinking I'm a good dad, whereas actually my baby's a bottle of Southern Comfort and I'm drinking its head. Yeah. So you can either, you know, get a straw coming out of behind the baby's head, so you subtly kind of just looks like you might be kissing the baby's neck. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Or more disturbingly, you can pull the baby's head off and just take a really good swig from the bottle. That'd be hard with the Bjorn on. Yeah, but you can pull. I think you can pull it out. 
that that'd look weird in public. <laughs> yeah, look, guys, if you're looking for subtle ways to drink, if you've got a alcohol problem and you don't want people to know them in it. I'm always looking for stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also the other the flip side of that is, you know, if you're out in public, you see people you know, um, and they they say, Oh, Monty, when did you have a baby? When did uh, you get a kid? Oh, yeah. it's not my kid. Um Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. You're carrying around someone else's kid in a baby born. No problem, mate. I'll uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, we're going to play uh, indoor soccer. Yeah, or I'll see no, you. No, we can't because we're on lockdown. All right, there's no indoor soccer anywhere. Have a sip of my baby and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I might clip that for the uh, start of the show. It's like a, a little one. line to ease everyone into the show. People will love that. Yes. So there you go. Look that product up if you, uh, you know, want to drink on the sly. Do it. Parting oddity. Let's do that. Please. Um, and, it's, and it's really very short. There is a fruit that tastes like chocolate pudding. Did you know no, about this? Not. No, it's not. You're a liar. It's not a thing like that. There is. No, there's not. Oh, Okay. Have you just Googled it up and found that there isn't? No. Okay. I'm just, uh, that was my content. So if I'm not allowed to talk about it, then. Oh, you're allowed. I just don't know if I believe it. Is there really a chocolate tasting fruit? Tell me about it. Chocolate pudding. Is it chocolate? Is cacao cacao a fruit? No, no, no. Well, uh, I would have thought it was like a legume maybe or a bean. Yeah, Yeah. bean. Is a bean a legume? I don't know. Don't worry. That's not for now. Oh, God. So it's called black sapote. It is a species of persimmon. Black sapote? Yep. Okay. Where's it native to? Uh, thank you for asking. It is a tropical <laughs> fruit tree native to Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, and Colombia. I was going to say that. That sounds like a Mayan name. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it is a smooth chocolate pudding-like persimmon fruit. It has a great taste when ripe and can be eaten plain as a dessert. How good is that? It's amazing. That sounds really good. Let's assume that it's, you know, reasonably um, healthy for you as well. Put a bit on a bit of hippo steak and wash it down with a Cessna. <laughs> now, <laughs> that sounds like uh, a meal fit for lockdown in anybody's book. Monty, thank you for yes. joining me. Anytime. Once again. Anytime, man. On Bit With, but fair enough, I guess. Just stay safe, stay at home, and, you know, stay weird. Um, can I make a parting suggestion too? Pl- if you please. feel like it, you're at home all the time, try and eat an object. Eat a coffee table. Eat, yeah. eat, a, eat a lamp. Why not? Yeah. You're going to let that Frenchie show you up? Exactly. Yeah. We should put in some work, guys. Make a TikTok out of it. That seems to be the thing to do in lockdown. Surely you'd have to make a lot of TikToks to eat a table. <laughs> Here's part one of 14 of me eating a table. Yeah, I, I, you can hold audience over 14 table-eating TikToks, I would have thought. Surely. Surely.